got a story. I've got a story. We've got a story. I'm Brad McEwen, and I'm here to tell that story. This is Beyond the Bank. Welcome back for part two of my exclusive interview with Phoebe Putney CEO, Scott Steiner. Last week, Scott gave us a taste of his background, his journey into healthcare, and his love of the Albany community his family now calls home. Today, Scott and I continue that discussion while shifting focus toward the COVID-19 pandemic that still grips the nation and Southwest Georgia. Tell me what went through your mind when you found out about that first patient in 2020 that was COVID positive. Um, I said a, a few uh, uh, four-letter words. Um, you know, we had been, like anyone else, been watching it you know, since December of 19 and, you know, coming out of China and you didn't, you know, you're paying attention to it, but, you know, geez, China's, like, you know, a million miles away, right? How's that going to make it across the ocean? Um and, uh, you know, and then you started seeing it in Washington state, uh, a little bit and, you know, could we, I guess Miami's the farthest away from Washington state, but we're, we're pretty far and, uh, but we were paying attention and, uh, we were preparing, we had our, our, our emergency management plans, our command center folks had, had opened up the command center once a week to, you know, what do we need to work on? What do we need to think about? We had begun to order more supplies. Um, from so even before that first positive, oh, even before test. that first one, you know, because yeah, we ordered more masks and everything. And uh, um, you can you you I couldn't order like if I wanted to order a million masks, I couldn't, but I could order a percentage over our normal allotment. So if we were ordering uh, ten thousand masks a month, we could order twenty percent more. So I could order twelve thousand. So it wasn't uh, you know unlimited, but we were doing all those things, and. Um, uh, but, you know, it really wasn't busting. I mean, even Washington State, it was a little bit hot and you were hearing about a little bit here and there. Um, but th- that um, before we left that day on the 9th, um, we had um, heard that uh, that was a Tuesday that we had had this patient and they were testing them right before I left that day. They said they're testing them for COVID a patient we transferred up to an Atlanta hospital. Um so I, we sat down and we looked at that case and um, it was a gentleman who had been here for, for seven days um, and uh, he had been in with us for seven days, but hadn't been in the community. I think it was nine days and uh, had been down to attend a funeral of a, a friend and um, um, never made it to the funeral. He had gotten here and they had a, a big event the night before and uh, he had um, uh uh, run out of oxygen. He was on oxygen on a tank and he had run out of oxygen overnight and just didn't feel well in the morning. And and so they brought him in. He had been here for seven days, but had improved somewhat and was um, um, well enough to be transferred from Atlanta. So that's not unusual. Somebody, you know, traveling through the area, you get them packaged up so they could be home at least. to. So we transferred them up to a hospital there. And then it was, I think we did that on a Sunday. And then Tuesday, they said uh, that hospital called us and said, well, his wife's also in the hospital. Did you know that? And we said, no. And they said, yeah, she tested positive for COVID today and uh, we're going to test him. So uh, it was uh, about 11 o'clock that night, got an email that said he's positive and we knew it. Um, we knew we were in, in, in trouble, maybe not necessarily from the community, but what we knew was um, because he had cleared the screening questions of had you been to China before? Had you been overseas? Had you been to Washington State? It was all no, 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 no. Um, so we didn't put him in isolation precautions. And, and so he had been unmasked and our staff had been unmasked. Uh, this was in those early days. You just yeah. didn't do it. Right. You didn't know. So we, we did the the look back on those seven days, we found more than a hundred employees had been involved in his care. So we pulled all hundred of those employees off the job. And, uh, um, we began testing other people in the hospital who had similar symptoms. Uh, and, uh, we realized we had had already had COVID in the hospital for a few days. And then it was that, that Wednesday, uh, it was an influx and Thursday and Friday by Friday, we had, Again, testing was so challenging. Uh, it was taking two weeks to get a result back. So you just assumed everybody had it. But when we look back by Friday, we had 54 COVID positive patients in the hospital. And by the next week, I think 89, the next week, 105. Uh, we eventually here in Albany hit um, about 170. Uh, America's had uh, a hospital there had uh, about 27 is their high. So it was quick. It was on us, um, you know, and I still remember that it was 
mm-hmm. late March, we were sitting in our command center and uh, Brian Church, our, our, our CFO, uh, you know, it was probably our third week in and we had all been working 20 hour days and, and uh, doing nothing but, but this new policies and procedures. And, you know, it was where we said we ran out of, uh, um, uh, we didn't run out, but we went, went through six months of PPE, personal protective equipment in six days. And, and um, that's, I tell you, I had Brian, the only thing Brian was doing in a team was working on um, um, PPE and how we could acquire it. But it was late that March and, and he sent me right sitting right next to me. I keep thinking we're like teenagers. Uh, sent me a text and uh, it, it was the New York Times that showed that Albany, Georgia was the third highest um, hotspot in the world next to Wuhan, China and uh, the Lombardy province of Italy. And of course, that was those early days, right? It went from China to Italy or to Europe blowing up. And uh, and then it seemed like it came to, to Albany. And then about a week after Albany, New York, uh, you know, kind of exploded. And then it was on everywhere. So um, that night we were. We of course we didn't know, but we knew it wasn't going to be good. The community was gripped with fear at yeah. that point in time. How how, do, how does a how does a hospital medical staff deal with that? Because they're they're regular people too, going home to their they families, are. and they're just as scared as we are. That's Talk it. to me a little bit about navigating that first few days when you've got folks who are maybe hesitant to come to work, yeah. but you need them. That's right. Um, it, you know, probably we. Uh, looking back, all those things happen, right? We had staff that, uh, not many, but a couple that just walked off the job when, when they came in. Cause we, we went from having, you know, uh, a few COVID patients to, okay, we need to make this whole unit, you know, 20, and then, uh, we need another unit and then another and another, and another, we went from all three of our ICUs being COVID to a, fi- a fourth, a fifth and a sixth. Um, we had some staff when, you know, they were told you're going to need to go work that COVID unit that, right. We're, we're just, they were scared. Yeah. And, um, cause we didn't have many answers, yeah. uh, in the United States then. And, and so, you know, we did our best to uh, comfort them, to, to talk about the science of, um, uh, an N95 and how it works, mm-hmm. uh, that we had them for them. Uh, we would not run out. I was, we were working hard that we didn't, we didn't know that for sure. Um, that we had the state support. The governor helped us out tremendously um, that we would be there with them, right? Uh, side by side. And, uh, and so I think that really helped. Um, but look, people, um, um, Dr. Lopez is our uh, surgical intensive care unit physician. Um, he's an incredible doctor. Uh, and he was running a COVID unit because all of our ICUs were um, you know, he he would tell me the story, tell us the story about how he went home and he's got a, a young family, young kids, and he slept in his garage and um, an unair conditioned garage. Uh, and uh, because he didn't he, he didn't know he didn't want to somehow it was yeah. on his clothing, didn't want to give it to, uh, uh, you know, his family. And uh, so we had all those stories uh, and I, I, you know, I'm supposed to have all the answers. Um, you know, and, um, there were a lot of days I, I didn't, I didn't have any and, uh, really leaned upon other people to, to, to participate and, um, that we trusted, we trusted each other. I wish I could have, uh, told Dr. Lopez, you don't have to do that. Right. Because of none of that would have mattered. Right. He was doing what, what he knew. And, uh, you know, we, we dealt with, sometimes it was, okay, we got to get through today. And um, when we get through today, we'll worry about tomorrow. And sometimes that felt like days. Sometimes it felt like we got to get to the next hour and then we can worry about the hour thereafter Um, between writing policies, between this command center that we had uh, open. We had uh, 30 people in it. And our job was to get a problem from the floor, from one of our clinical units and to, you know, I kind of call it the Apollo 13 where they threw everything on the table and said, we got to build a filtration system. And that's what we were doing sort of time after time after time uh staff's worried about their clothing what are we going to do you know well we 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 got we owned a, a laundry we had extra scrubs we went and got those scrubs uh, we brought them in we had a system to set that up what if we run out of masks um i remember ben roberts saying to me um uh, it was actually joe austin who said we we want to what his wife had said we should sew up our own masks and and i remember sitting there in, in those early days. And, and I looked at him and, and what was going through my head is, okay, 
you, you, you hit your head, you must have bumped your head because there is no way I'm going to be part of an organization that does that. Right. I mean, people are going to think we are. Um, and um, it was uh, two days later, he brought it up again. That was a Friday. He brought it up again on Sunday afternoon. We were there talking about it. And again, we, we weren't we hadn't run out, but we were talking about what if we don't have enough N95s? No one was giving any supplies out, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and we had had a couple leads on some 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 N95s that didn't work out, though. We were making some big financial plays to get them. And so we came up with this idea to sew masks. We had this surgical sheeting now uh, that we had um, pallets of. Um, and, uh, th- I mean, people jumped in, they grabbed it, they went and they modified it. They used staples. What do you think about this? And we were off to the races. We had people that, um, in, in our HIM department, uh, health information management department, others that didn't have a job to do, sure. right? but we didn't lay anybody off. We didn't furlough anyone, um, because we're the Phoebe family. And when the going gets tough, we stick together and they were like, we can sew and people brought in sewing machines. I mean, you should have seen the production line. They've sewn over 70,000. They and the community, people began to say, send me the pattern, I'll sew them and I'll ship them to you. And we had people shipping us uh, masks overseas. Um, and uh, it was special. It's still today. I think that that um, I don't know if it's still on our website, but that uh, link to click on to get the pattern. Uh, mm-hmm. And we did a short video that was hit over uh, 250,000 times. That's um, pretty cool. So it, it, it was... Um, we saw the best in people, right? The best in people. And that's when I, I say with, with throughout COVID, there were some really tar- tough, dark days. There were days we were like, oh, it, today, tomorrow cannot be like today. We won't, we won't make it. And, uh, but we did it as a community. I remember staying out front and they said, we got a call and they said, you know, people are dropping stuff off. What are we supposed to do with it? And we're like, what are they dropping off? Just boxes of stuff. And so a couple of us walked up there. And people were dropping off cookies, food, um, notes, um, prayer cards. Um, I remember a, a carpenter, a home carpenter, he dropped off. He said, I found these 10 uh, dust masks and, and I thought you could have them and use them. So we took them and um, man, it just it just the outpouring again, back to the people, the outpouring of support. We when people want to congratulate me, uh, I don't deserve it. Uh, but congratulate Phoebe. Our clinicians certainly do. Um, our team does because it's just not those nurses and doctors. It's who was cleaning the rooms, who was answering the phones sure. um, at the front desk today. Right. That's a tough job. You know how many people come in and when we say tell them to wear a mask, they want to yep. pitch a fit. Um, but it was our community. That's who did it. Phoebe absolutely played a role in it. But our AHPHC played a role. Um, our other medical partners in the community. Um, but the community did everybody sacrificed. Um, and, uh, it was, it was pretty special. We had somebody donate, uh, 1600 cupcakes on Easter Sunday. And so I was here and, and we were try, trying to figure out how we were going to get 1600 cupcakes out. And, uh, so we just grabbed carts and we began to walk, walk to departments and leave them. Uh, and, and the CNO, uh, Evelyn Olenek, Olenek and I went to, um, the ICU and that was the first day, uh, it was Easter Sunday of that year that I saw them, uh, uh, proning a patient, uh, which it means you're flipping them on their stomach for about 18 hours a day. When you're on a ventilator, it's, uh, less pressure on your lungs to mm-hmm. actually be uh, face down or right. stomach down. And then they flip you over. And that, that sounds like it's probably not a big deal, but you got to figure, right. That person's not awake is not assisting in any way. And unfortunately, many of our patients were, were, um, large. Yeah. And, uh, that I watched them that day, uh, prone there. They would, one patient and they said oh, I was the, the seventh one they had just prone and these people came out and they were just sweat and dying, but the, the you know, dying of sweat, but they also into uh, extubated their first patient and uh, which was pretty special. And to see people, uh, nurses and doctors, uh, Dr. Lopez, uh, is so emotional because all they had seen up to that point was death yeah. and, and illness. Here's somebody that beat it. Right. And, and it was, it was su- super powerful, but, uh, we did all that together as a community, right? I just can't say that over and over. Uh, it, it wasn't easy. And I know people were frustrated uh, with, with COVID, um, but it, it, that the, you know, together we rise and divided, we fall. Yep. Um, it, it's absolutely still with us. You know, 
I hear what you're saying and, and it's always a team effort and you're right. Our community responded beautifully, but you know, as a leader of people myself, you know, I, I kind of lead the retail team at AB&T and, uh, you know, certainly bankers aren't doing the things the nurses and doctors are doing, but we couldn't stop either. And I remember those days of Taylor's fearful to touch the deposits, fearful of touching the money, you know, locking the doors down. Interestingly, um, the, Day before the school system shut down, which was a Friday, Matt Rushton and I flew out of Kansas City. They shut that Kansas City down two hours after we left. So we had been on a business trip. I was in downtown Kansas City, the last Big 12 basketball game. I went out to dinner at uh, some really cool steakhouse. Um, the name escapes me. You've probably been there, uh, you know, around all these people. And we're thinking, eh, you know, and then you wake up the next morning to get on your plane. And it's like, hey, that tournament's canceled. Hey, the NBA's over. Hey, Perry, Perry's like, y'all better get on the plane because I want you home because we got a meeting tomorrow. Um, I say all that to get to the point of. I know how scared I was. But also know how hard it is, but also know that as a leader, I got to stand up in front of people and I have to put them at ease and I got to let them. I Tell can't, them it's I can't be okay. show that. Talk to me a little bit about that, because because not only are your associates looking to you, you're the CEO of the hospital group. The whole community is looking to you for comfort. How did, how did you, you know, you've been here a year and now you're at the, you know, you're the focal point and we're on national news and you're being quoted in in big national publications. Um how did you deal with that, Scott? Um, you know, it's nothing I've ever prepared for. Um, and um, so I was kind of taking it day by day. Um, and it got to the point where I had said to, to Ben uh, Roberts, who helps with that, there were so many requests. Um, and, and early on, there were some that were just looking for a juicy story. And um, they wanted to know they they wanted to paint um, some, you know, the governor or somebody in a bad light. and. Uh, and so I, I learned pretty quick and, and I said to Ben, I said, what's the intent here? If, if it's not to um, uh, help us get uh, PPE or if it's not to celebrate our people, I'm not doing the interview, right? I mean, I just and, and so uh, I think that that certainly helped um, because, um, you know, while maybe people don't know me quite uh, enough yet, um, I lead from with my heart and um, um, you know, I, I hopefully I do a good job with that. But throughout this, that's what I tried to, to do is is when, you know, businesses were furloughing people, um, tenant healthcare, for instance, uh, furloughed 10,000 people. That was their first move is to lay 10,000 people off. Um, and, and you know, I just can't imagine doing that. Right. And and so because that's when I mean, to me, this was this this was when you you held together, not saw an opportunity, a financial opportunity. And, and, and so for me, it was um, just constantly trying to do that and to make sure one, I stayed out of people's way uh, when, you know, cause I, I wasn't the expert, but to try to be that cheerleader, to try to see when people were right, when it was a rough day and, and to, you know, sometimes uh, I had to, to tell some white lies to myself, right. I was saying it, uh, also, uh, to get myself, uh, amped yeah. up, uh, I did a little bit of that too. That's right. And because I needed it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so those are the, 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 I think that's, you know, when I think of how we wrapped each day up, uh, usually at nine or 10 o'clock, you know, of here's what we're going to do in the morning and any last comments, you know, it was you, you, so-and-so you, that was, that was outstanding, whether they wrote a policy or whether they jumped up. I remember we sent uh, Bob Farr on our team we were worried about running out of bleach. We were told you will not get any more shipments of bleach. And we were like, Oh, we got to have bleach. We were, we were all literally calling uh, dollar generals uh, in the area. Do you have any bleach? And we found one. Oh, there's over towards Cuthbert. He said, we've got I don't know, 72 half gallon bottles. We were like, we're on our way. And Bob, Bob Farr here at you know, mid or uh, 10 o'clock at night drives his pickup and picks up his half gallon bottles of bleach, you know, and, and so it, it was amazing what it took. You know, you just you tend to think, oh, it's about the patients in the beds. But, man, it's about so much more than that. Are we going to have the supplies? How do we get everybody fed? What how are people feeling when they go home to their families? Who's calling up and, and uh, is distressed? Right. We got to not only think about their physical health, but their emotional and their spiritual and their their mental health. Um, it, it was. Um, 
you know, when I think about it, it, it seems like yesterday and, and sometimes I think about it and it seems like five years ago. And, and sometimes I, I, I wrote notes, probably not, I didn't do it every day, but for a number of days when I got in the morning early and I'd, I'd sort of try to write how I was feeling or how the team was, you know, what we might've been worried about that day. Um, it, it, uh, I have not gone back and reread those in full. I've tried and they're just, sometimes some of them are just too hard. They're just too hard. I remember I still got it over there. I'll show it to you. Um, a, a, a picture that a, a little girl in the community, um, um, uh, Kaylee, uh, I don't know who Kaylee is, but she, we had schools drawing pictures and she drew this picture. And on the inside, she said, don't give up. And today that still affects me to think that um, she had that thought, right? Because there were days, I can't say we wanted to give up, but there were days you were just like, this isn't ever going to end. And, and so for our community um, to do those things, um, they helped me um, tremendously, tremendously so I could continue to, to try to inspire our team each and every day. It's, yeah. it's an ongoing saga. But, you know, we had, we had a brief respite, or yeah. maybe even two brief respites. At what point did you start to think as, as 20 unfolded that at what point did it shift from, you know, sort of crisis mode you know, we just got to get into tomorrow and then we'll tackle that to where you kind of got to the point where, you know, we're going, we're going to make it through this. We're going to be able to do this. The community is responding. They're doing what they needed to do. You know, we're flattening the curve. About what point in time in, in 2020 did you feel like, Hey, th- there it is. Yeah. I think it was early May. Um, you know, we had March and April were, were, were devastating, but in that backside of April, you started to, um, you started to see it, it coming over a little bit uh, over that that curve, um, and, and what we were also feeling was all the the things we had stopped, right? Colonoscopies, um, uh, you know, mammogram screenings, uh, all those things, right? And and heart. I mean, we had virtually no heart uh, care going on. Not that we wanted to. We were. I mean, I remember Doctor Black saying, "Where are all the heart attacks?" That, you know, we normally have a number of heart attacks. We hadn't had any. And, and so the thing is, they just didn't go away. It's people were suffering at home. So we really kind of shifted into we got to get back open, right, where people feel comfortable. Um, and we began to think about clean teams and how do we get that confidence back in the, in, in the consumer. Um, so that was, that was May when we started to really do that. And then we saw that spike at the end of last summer. Um, wasn't a huge spike and, uh, but it was enough that started climbing again. Um, and, and then, you know, we, we really began to think about those vaccinations and were a bit worried, uh, but we weren't ready for what, um, you know, uh, Thanksgiving and, and, you know, uh, really December, January did to all of us where we didn't see the same volume, but we saw, uh, um, close to the same volume we had early on and it was much more sustained and it was across the United States. So. By being early, we had the opportunity to get some traveling nurses uh, a lot easier because we were the only ones going through it until New York did. And then but for over over the holidays, every hospital in the United States needs more nurses. You know, when you're, you're two or three million short and then you have something like this, it's just um, so, you know, we've had this sort of ebb and flow. And, and now, you know, we've had a, a nice downturn since uh, February, um, unfortunately, only to, to surge again. but. Um, it's too bad, um, but science tells you it's expected. So you, so you, so you sort of, as much as, as it isn't frustrating, I'm sure to have to be going backwards in a certain respect. You, you did sort of see that that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, healthcare is all all about. I mean, it's you know, compassion. It's you know, all that those those those, those human things. Um, but it, it's at its core is is scientific, right? Um, when you have diabetes. And your blood sugar level is is at a certain level that it's been investigated and, and it's been studied so many times. It says, here's the therapy that will get this uh, your blood sugar under control. So you stop feeling terrible, start feeling better and how we can control that. Right. Just like if you you have a heart attack, the science has shown here, if you can get that vessel uh, that is occluded. Uh, what's causing your pain or your numbness, if you can get that open in 90 minutes, 90 minutes, um, your chance of survival is, uh, is 96, 97%. And, and if it's an, uh, if it's an, uh, two hours, 
it's about 70%. I mean, it just goes. So we, we, we know how healthcare is all built on science. There's enough data. It's, there's point. enough data. And, and so when they've been, they were talking about the vaccines, look, you know, we can talk about vaccines till, till, you know, the cows come home. But, uh, um, what we know as, as, as healthcare folks is we believe in the science and the science says that the vaccinations, uh, were our opportunity to, to bury this virus. And unfortunately, um, we did not come together as a nation enough, um, in order to do that. And so what we had, again, people go back, we're talking about, if you don't do this, there will be variants. It will mutate. And it, it has mutated. They were talking about that in March of 20. That's right. And, and so um, here we are. So that's why nobody's surprised. Uh, I don't, I'm not, uh, um, our team's not frustrated. Um, yes. Um, because we're looking at another year of this. Um, the, at least another year. I mean, and that'll be, we, we have a, a, a we've, we've gone back to daily command center meetings where we had been once a week. Uh, and today was day 511, 511 in Albany, Georgia. Um, that's a lot. So you never set the calendar. You, you're still in the first. We're still, we're still doing a command center from this disaster, 511 days now. And, and so you're going to have, uh, so what you're seeing is people that are, are just mad. They're pissed off. And, and I count myself in one of those. Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't develop the vaccine. I'm not going to, you know, debate people on it because some people, they want to debate it, but they only want you to hear their side of it. It came out too fast. It's, it's a conspiracy. I mean, we've had patients, we have patients right now um, on a ventilator, young, I, I tell you, I have a 44 year old man in a super good shape at, over at Phoebe North right now uh, in the ICU on a ventilator. Second time he's had COVID. And he believes the vaccine's a conspiracy to the point where he can't breathe. They're about ready to put him on the ventilator. And uh, he, he made, made sure they knew no matter what happens, he does not want the vaccine here. I, I, I hope he doesn't, but he might die. Um, I, I'm, I'm not God. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't know if the vaccine, I, I assume it would. Data says it would have helped him, um, but it has become so much bigger than what we Medicine is based on science. If you don't like that, I, 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 I can appreciate you having your own opinion, but we live our lives by it, right? People take Tylenol and Excedrin uh, at home. Uh, people should open up their medicine cabinet and, and ask the question, do I know how long they studied this? Um, uh, that, that, you know, the peanut butter that they eat. Do they know what's in their peanut butter? The monster energy drink. That's right. The monster energy drink, right? The, the coffee that they drink. The, I mean, I, I, I get it, but it's, um, we are, um, I, we're in, the more this lingers, the, the, the more in trouble we are because it, it's not sustainable. You think of your worst day and if it's your 511th in a row worst day, for me to continue to inspire these clinicians who are worn the hell out. It, it, it's tough. It's tough. Because you're also facing a shortage of nurses. It well, was there before. Right. This. I mean, and that's created a whole bunch of uh, other other challenges. So we, we continue to 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 uh, try to find ways to keep people the morale up to 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 the hope alive. Right. That we are going to get through this. But um, I think the reality is. Um, we're still going to be talking about COVID next summer. You, you made the comment, and, and I don't want to belabor it too long, but I think it's important to talk about. You made the comment earlier that, you know, we had an opportunity as a country to come together. We didn't. Our numbers indicate that that's exactly what happened in our community. Now, contrast that fact. Our numbers are not coming together as a community for that piece of it against what you witnessed in March and April of 2020. Does that color anything? Does that add any other emotion to the whole equation? Because you you saw what the community can do. Yeah. Well, it makes you, um, you know, the best thing about history is you learn from it. Um, and um, I think that's the, that's the, the biggest piece. Uh, I have no doubt, right. We're still going to come together that, that people, right. We all want COVID to go away um, that we have that in common. Um, and, and um, 
you know, I think it's, it speaks to our ability to hear each other, to listen to each other, um, to sometimes sacrifice for me to sacrifice, which what might be good for you or for our community. And, and, um, you know, that, um, it, it sure feels like we are divided. Um, we're being asked to be divided, whether it's social media or whether it's political or, um, more than, than we need to be right. We need to get back to, um, you know, who we are, um, uh, you know, person to human to human, right. We're all human. We're all part of the human race. And, um, um, it's not about what side you're on and what side I'm on and my side's right. And if you don't do, you know, it's, uh, can we just, can we have a conversation and not only maybe we won't end up agreeing, but, um, you know, the um, I had a local business person said that they had talked to a group who were adamant about not getting the vaccine. And they said and they were in their their 60s. And, and so the, she was talking to this group of people and and um, and uh, she said, you know, she said, don't don't you all have that same mark on your arm that I had as, as a kid um, from getting a, a vaccine? You know, and didn't you all take the sugar cube with um, a vaccine on it? Um, you know, does anybody here have polio? Um, you know, I'm sure when the polio vaccine, uh, you know, my dad, your dad, your dad did. Right. I mean, you know, uh, who today, uh, you know, if they're not of a certain age has had polio. That's because it was a great vaccine. And when it came out, I'm sure they weren't saying, Hey, you know, tell, give me all the data, give me all the studies behind it. And, and I want to know it's been, I, I, there's just this distrust out there that, um, that we've got to work through. Um, and, and maybe just COVID is, is just exasperating it and, and showing us that, um, we better be at, better at being kind to each other and, and hearing each other and listening. Um, otherwise it's going to be, um, COVID or, or something else we're, we're in trouble. So maybe right. this will be a catalyst That's for right. us to have a better conversation about a lot of things. That's right. Now, you know, all that said, frustrations aside, the fact that we may be still in this talking about this a year from now, numbers are going to go up and down. Things are going to change. Mm-hmm. But you said you're, you're positive. We can move through this. And I mean, the world's going to continue to turn. We're going tomorrow's going to be okay, but we can't just sit back and let things happen. W- what are we doing right now? What is Phoebe doing? What, do, what is Scott Steiner's message to the community of like, okay, this medical community is saying, this is what we need to do now. What do we need to do? Well, you know, um, we need to continue to uh, offer the best information we can about the vaccine. Um, and uh, that is through, I, I've encouraged people that, that um, uh, haven't gotten it for, for whatever reason to find a trusted source that has, right? It could be their pastor. It could be their doctor. It could be a neighbor. It could be their banker, right? Whoever it is and that they know that they've gotten it, but they just want to, they trust them in other ways. Right. And, and so to go ask them, how was it? How were the side effects? Did you, have you gotten it since then? And, oh, you know, uh, you did. How did you feel? Did you ask, ask all those questions, you know, ask your doctor. Well, it sure seems like it's, uh, it came out pretty fast. And so I'm, I'm leery that somehow they were putting something in it that they shouldn't have, but they were just trying to get it out fast. You know, ask those trusted, trust. I think that's, that's the number one thing I'd recommend to people who might still be hesitant about the vaccine. Um, People are going to say, well, now we're seeing people get COVID because and they got the vaccine. See, it's not as great as you. Well, uh, we are, but it's a mutated COVID. Uh, it is the Delta variant. Uh, it was extremely successful. I mean, 98 percent plus for our original strain of, of COVID. So now it has done what it does. Um, but um Go to reputable sites, right? If you're open to saying this is, you know, I saw this somewhere that people died after getting the vaccine. Okay, where was that site? And and go to a reputable site that, you know, it could be Mayo, it could be Harvard, it could be, you know, anyone you think is a reputable site and, and go see what they have to say about it, you know, the vaccine. But I think we have to continue, Brad, to educate, provide opportunity. We're going to get ready to to launch another initiative. Anybody that comes to the emergency room, we're trying to figure out a way to, if you want the vaccine, right, you got to get people in that moment. Sometimes it purely is out of convenience, 
Um, you know, maybe we come to the bank and we, we set up and anybody comes in, you want a vaccine. I mean, we're going to have to do more and more of that outreach. I think that we still have such a long road to 85 to 90%, right? Our community is 39% with one vaccine, 34% totally vaccinated. I mean, six, you know, doubling that number, tripling that number is going to be hard. So, um, you know, some organizations are going to requirements. You know, if you want to come back to work, you're going to have to get it. Um, we're seeing that um, uh, Google and some of the other businesses, certainly healthcare organizations. Um, so, unfortunately, there's not uh, anything that looks solid. Otherwise, I think we would have already done it. We've offered incentives and you know, financial and gifts and all kinds of things. Made it convenient. We got it on our mobile health units. We're getting out to you know, maybe people are just going to be now scared, right? They're going to have had a friend or somebody they know. It, it, maybe it didn't impact them before. And they said, I don't know what the whole thing is about. I don't know anybody that's positive. And now maybe they do. And they said, I don't want that, right? So you're starting to see people come in and say, I'm ready now. So what we do is just can't be, um, throw up our hands and say, well, you know, it's not going to happen. So we just have to double down those efforts, education, opportunity, um, trust. Um, and, and look, uh, tell people, if you don't want it from Phoebe, that, that's not a problem. Uh, Walmart has it. Walgreens has it. CVS has it. AHPHC has it. AIM has it. The department, health department has it. There's plenty of vaccines. Most, most physicians. Almost all the physicians My have it. got it at her pediatrician. Right. You save it pharmacy. Um, it, it, it's available. Um, so find out who you trust and, and go ask those questions. You and know? it is, still, I mean, vaccine still is the answer, right? There's just really not going to be anything else we can do. No, there, I mean, history tells you, right? Uh, Either everybody gets or sick everybody or everybody gets, gets it. I mean, the Spanish flu, right? And there were no vaccines. Eventually, it just infected so many people that we all had antibodies that, you know, I don't know what percentage of 80 or 90% of people were, were eventually got the flu. Uh, millions died, most recovered. Um, but um, we all had antibodies and it just kind of, and, and that was the opportunity we had with this. And, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't happen. So, and, uh, and, and, and just to clarify, cause you, you made, you said something that kind of jogged something in my mind, I, you know, the 98% effective against the, the prior, the alpha uh, variant. Um, but if all mem- if memory serves, it was never about, it's going to prevent you from getting it. Right. It had to, had to do with the level, the percentage of hospitalization, yeah. of well, getting they, severe they, illness. Brad, they thought it was 95% effective from getting it. So both Pfizer and Moderna, Moderna was 94%, Pfizer was 95%, J&J's um, uh, 70s, and, and, but they're one shot. But that was from getting it. Uh, and, and then if you happen to be maybe in that 5%, um, it would prevent you from getting being hospitalized. And if you happen to be hospitalized, you know, we're all different, right? We all have different chassis. Sure. Uh, so, you know, what works for you, it doesn't, you know, you, you know, one beer might affect you differently than one beer affects me and, and, and viruses and are, are that way. But, uh, it, and we saw that we actually tracking admissions, um, of vaccinate or un, of admissions of vaccinated and unvaccinated patients. Um, from April 1st through mid-June, 98% were unvaccinated. Um, and, and now the number is 80 uh, are unvaccinated. Still four to one, right? Um, but that's different, right? And so now people might be saying, oh man, I thought this thing was going to make me bulletproof. It never was going to, but it will still most likely prevent you from getting it. Uh, or if you get it, uh, from being hospitalized or going to the ICU or having a tube stuck down your throat after we give you a paralytic. Um, and, and, you know, uh, and that originally 50 percent of everybody that went on the ventilator passed away. You know, so um, there's no magic uh, treatment for it. We've got monoclonal antibodies now that if you become positive uh, but and, and you're not acute enough to be hospitalized, you can get these monoclonal antibodies, which is an infusion. Um, uh, that that's proven to be helpful pre, but after you get it and you need to be hospitalized, we give you some steroids there, but most of it's, we just give you oxygen support. There's no medicine to make you better. It's a flu. And like all flus, it's got to run its course. And so your course might be different than my course. Um, and, uh, your, your, your bolus of how you got it. I imagine we've all, we've all had the flu and sometimes you have a flu and you're just kind of achy for a couple of days. I had the flu in 1980, uh, 1990, 
uh, nine. And I literally thought I was going to die. I remember waking up and, you know, everything's worse at night. And I remember sitting there thinking, I need to, I need to go to the hospital. I think I'm, I'm dying. And it was just, I had just a terrible case of the flu. And sometimes you don't. And, you know, COVID's uh, a bit no different, though it, it is certainly uh, more that the, the acceleration for some people can be great. Yeah. Some of the stories I've heard are just, well, just the way it affected me. You know, I, I'm Monday morning, I, you know, I'm, hey, I'm going to go get a test just to make sure I'm good to come into work because I got the sniffles. By three o'clock that afternoon, I felt pretty taken bad, you know, and, and it was a little bit shocking how I could go from, you know, yeah, it is in the morning. You wake up a little stuffy head. You're like, well, once I get up, get moving, I'll be fine. I just want to get that negative test so no one's scared of me. And man, when that guy came to my car and said, hey, buddy, you're lying to me. man." Um, so it was just kind of an amazing thing to see. It really can. It really can. So the takeaways really keep keep pushing ahead. Let's get these needles in people's arms. Go listen to somebody you trust. Talk to somebody. you tr- If you're unsure, get sure some way. Don't just rely upon somebody else telling you they heard they heard from somebody or so and so's sister or i read you know at the freedom you know freedom r us on online and they look like a reputable website or you know uh, their political pundit St- get some some good information from somebody you trust right and 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 have them be you know you trust them because they you know they're a doctor they you know they they know maybe to, and, and get it from somebody who's gotten it and say how was your experience right i'm worried about i'm worried about my arm hurting or i'm worried about feeling terrible or i'm worried about it's got a microchip in it or you know whatever that is get get somebody to talk about it somebody you trust go to a website that that is a reputable website get that information um again this this virus will continue to mutate uh, and it will only end when we either get vaccinated and or enough people have gotten it that hits that magical percentage um, that we can, you know, we can we can set it aside. And that next mutation might not just be more contagious. It might be some other mutation, right? Might be. I mean, look, uh, Delta variant is twice as contagious as COVID-19. I kind of been calling it COVID-2021. 20, um uh, it is as contagious as measles and and chickenpox, um, and so what that means is is normal flu. You have about a one to one. If you if you're positive, most likely you will infect one other person. COVID nineteen. If you were positive, you most likely you would infect about two and a half people on average. Uh, the ver- uh, Delta variant, it's five. So for every positive person, they're going to infect five more, right? Because they didn't know they had it, or because you know whatever that is. It is highly contagious. If the next one is one in every 10, eventually it will get us all sick. It'll get everybody. It'll get everybody. One way or the other. Right. Because we'll that's the virus's goal, that's correct? That's what its goal is, man. That's what it does. This is what it does. That's what science, that's what history has told us. Man, that must be why the uh, vaccinations in the state of Louisiana are up 535% in a week. Because yeah. people read that little statistic. People are getting frightened. You know, it's funny you talk about that trusted. I've been interviewing these people for the lights of love tree lighting, yeah. you know, and we'll You've talked to cancer survivors and when you get them talking about it, they all they want to talk about is the doctor and the nurse and the mm-hmm. trip people. And, and right. you know, I can think of my dad and what he went through. I mean, if, if Sherrod Johnny told my dad to get up every morning and hop on one foot, pat himself on the head and rub his tummy, he would have done it. That's right. And I venture to say if he said, go get the vaccine, Dave, he'd have been right down there getting it. And that's the, that's been a hard thing for me to grasp, to hear people talk about how much they trust their physician. And then hear people say, I don't trust any of them. Yeah. It's just, wow. Yeah. It's a, how can it be, right? Total disconnect. It's a total disconnect. It really, it really messes with it. It's head. a total disconnect. Well, I don't want this to, uh, you know, I don't want us to, to wrap things up on a, on a down note or anything, Scott. Um, and like you said, you're, you're an optimistic person and you feel good about the future. So aside from everything we're having to deal with, with COVID, you know, what are some of the things that are giving you joy these days? You know, our still our community. Um, I just still love the people here. Um, our employees. Um, you know, just just when you think, man, I, I, um, I, I'm right outside our emergency room, and and I, I like to walk over there and and surprise the staff, and uh, um, and just when you think, oh man, it, um, they're they're going to be complaining about this and about that, you, they don't, right? They're just glad to see you, and and so you know, uh, that gives me a lot of a lot of joy. Um, to see uh, people doing what they love, not easy work, 
right? Everybody doesn't have that, right? That golden day. I don't know what you're doing out there. Maybe if you're a Kardashian or somebody, but I would venture probably even them, they, they have some off days. And, and, uh, uh, but, um, I just love talking to our people, um, hearing about their story, their family. I loved hearing about your, your story today, Brad. Um, and, and, and exploring more into the community, right? Getting to pe- know people di- just differently than, than I had before. Um, you know, somebody's called it Smalbany and, and, uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, but it, it, it it's, it's so, it's so interesting. I've, my wife and I have picked up pickleball, uh, I guess because we're over 50, maybe, but, and, <laughs> and uh, we're not about, uh, running all over a tennis court, but, uh, we sure enjoy, uh, doing that. Um, uh, you know, uh, for a while I've been excited about getting out and some of the, you know, revisiting some of our restaurants and, um, uh, uh, and, and traveling and seeing uh, Southwest Georgia, I've done, uh, the only time I ever hunted has been here and, uh, I've gone uh, quail hunting a couple of times. That was, I love doing it, watching the dogs, less about killing the birds. That was fun. But, um, you know, that to me, it's, it's that being outside, um, uh, you know, we live right here in, in Darty County, close to the hospital on Chihaw, Lake Chihaw. And, um, you know, just, just looking at the lake and seeing nature. We've got three fawns, uh, that come out every night with, with mama. And, uh, it's, uh, it, you know, I still would, I would do nothing else than, than what I'm doing. Uh, and, uh, there's, there's something about helping people, uh, even at what I'm doing, helping people at the most vulnerable time in their life. And you talked about your dad and, and, um, I know you miss your dad and, um, and, and, but trying to help people, uh, whether they've got cancer or heart disease, or, you know, they need a colonoscopy or COVID-19, uh, or COVID-21, our job is to still love people and to care for them at the most vulnerable time of their life, no matter what they're going through, no matter what their feelings have been, no matter if they've been vaccinated or not, we're going to take care of you. And that gives me joy, uh, to be able to do it in an organization like Phoebe, um, where we can do it unfettered. I don't, there's no, there, there are no, uh, shareholders. There's no corporate office. Um, we live in this community and, and, um, we care for this community, uh, immensely. And that gives me a tremendous amount of joy. Man, I'm so glad to hear that. Cause it, I mean, it's a, it's a great place and, and I'm not going to lie, you know, growing up here was in high school, I didn't want to be in Albany, Georgia. There wasn't any, there we wasn't all enough bars. We all do that, enough, right? You know, I actually wrote a column for the now defunct Albany Journal when I was 19 years old about why I would never come back to this That's backward, right. horrible place. Da, right. da, 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 da. Had the letters to the editor, you know, if I wasn't 80 something years old, I'd call you out. You know, one guy sent money for a bus ticket. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. who do you think you are? Sure. Young Whippersnapper. And I cringe when I think about that, that yeah. I wrote then today. But you've got perspective. I've got perspective now. I've been in other places. I've seen right. where things are lacking. You know, there's something to be said, Scott. I mean, what was your, what was your commute into the office oh, when you were in Detroit? Detroit was only about 30, 30, 35 minutes. Uh, I was 13, 13 miles. It, it was no fun. And, uh, Chicago, I was 11 miles and it was 40, 45 minutes. And, uh, and that was going the back roads, much less getting on the interstate. And, and I can't tell you, I mean, uh, that not having to sort of watch the news in the morning, cause you'd be focused on getting ready, putting your suit tie on, looking at when's the, when's the traffic and the traffic report comes up and you're looking at it, you think, okay, my way looks okay. So I'll be there in 40 minutes. And, uh, it's it just that there's nothing I miss about that. I don't need a cafe on every corner. We've got great restaurants, uh, here in, in town. We've got local people that own the restaurants, uh, here in town. We know who they are. Um, we, we can get to the coast if we need to hit the beach. I'm a big beach person. So, uh, if, if we just have that feeling and we want to go, we go, um, uh, it, what, what's there not that you don't have to shovel sunshine. Right. I mean, so the, my biggest joy was giving my snowblower uh, to my administrative assistant in Detroit. I just bought a brand new, beautiful Toro. Uh, it did a, it did a great job, but I had no more. I had uh, the joy I had when I rolled that to her because she really needed one. Number one. But, uh, when we got rid of our winter coats and our snow shovels and, and scrapers, um, uh, it, it, it's, it's fabulous. Um, it's awesome. It's amazing. And, uh, um, nothing else I'd rather be doing. Man, that's so great to hear. 
Well, Scott, I think we've kind of covered everything that I hope to, to touch on today. Is there anything that, uh, you know, anything on your mind, any burning thoughts or something you want to sort of tell the listeners or just let the community know about you? Um, you know, I don't think so. I mean, I, hopefully what people, if they, they haven't met me, I'm, I'm anxious to do that. I, I get a lot of looks when I'm out, like people recognize me and, and, uh, it's, it's still weird to get used to that. Um, but, uh, you know, that, um, Phoebe and uh, we're open, um, to, to hearing how we can get better and everybody's got an opinion and, and, and we're, we're, we're anxious to hear those. Um, I can't say as if we're going to be able to accomplish every one of those. Um, but, um, um, you should encounter a, a Phoebe that's, that's on a mission, uh, to do, um, in our next chapter of healthcare. Uh, and and uh, that's going to look different and feel different for Southwest Georgia uh, in the years to come. And uh, we've got a great team that that's ready to do that. Uh, we're we're a bit um, preoccupied with with COVID, uh, but it, it, it's going to be okay. We'll get through that. And um, I look forward to seeing people, whether it's uh, out at a restaurant, whether it's at church, um, uh, doing business, um, uh, walking the trails. Uh, I had the opportunity to get on to uh, Chihaw's Authority and uh work with the group over there and man they're doing great things uh i love chi Haw and man talk about again so much opportunity uh and and it's the same thing people can look at it and talk about well we wasted time or we wasted this and i get it i get it but it's you know july 3rd or it's august 3rd 2021 what can we do going forward Right. I, I can't help what happened last month or two years ago or, or 10 years ago. Can't rewrite it. But what can we do today to make our community great, make our families great, make our healthcare system great, our bankers, you know, the, the whole thing. How do how do we collectively do that? And, and uh, I'm all in, Brad. I'm all in. Well, Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with me today. And, and one last thing before we wrap up, though, uh, to be clear to the listeners, Phoebe's open for business. We're still doing all those procedures, you know, so if you got a heart issue, come you on. Got a, a if you need to go to the emergency room, come on. See your doctor, right? Um, you know, we might have to limit some of the elective surgeries that we do, you know, uh, uh, joint replacements and, uh, you know, that, that stuff can wait a little bit. But if you if, don't um, delay your care. That's one thing we learned is we shouldn't have had that big shutdown. Uh, and that was across the United States. Uh, we won't do that again. Um, it's safe to be here. Uh, we've got cleaning crews out. You got to wear a mask. It's all those, those things. Uh, it's safe to be here. Don't let your, your health care, um, whether it's here, or you go somewhere else. Don't let it wait. Um, uh, it, it's too important. You can't time time's not on your side. So, um, Come on in, whether it's here or anywhere else, and, and get yourself taken care of. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. God, I, I really appreciate that. And hopefully we'll uh, get to sit down and do this again with, uh, I don't know, some regularity. That's right. That's right. I have hopefully thoroughly enjoyed it. anything but COVID. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm hoping the next time you and I talk about COVID is to talk about how it really is in our rear view. Deal. Well, this concludes the second of my two-part sit-down with Phoebe Putney CEO, Scott Steiner. I want to thank Scott for his time, and I also want to extend a special thank you to the Phoebe Putney family that continues to go above and beyond each and every day to protect the health and well-being of the incredible people who make up the rich tapestry of our community. 